The legislature doesn't make the state great. It's the citizens, it's the way that the citizens act, and more than anything, we want to stay out of their way and we want to keep future problems out of their way. As the fastest growing state in the nation, it's crucial that we are continuously planning for our future growth. Last month, the legislature met in St. George for a biennial long-term planning conference where they heard expert presentations and discussed the future needs of our state. Joining us today to give a recap of this conference and share what the legislature learned from these presenters is the co-chair of the conference, Representative Brady Brammer. Representative, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's great to be here. Thank you. So, Representative, why don't you give us a brief overview? What exactly is a long-term planning conference, and what was it that the legislature met to discuss down in St. George? Yeah, so the long-term planning conference is a chance to take a breath. So a lot of what we do as a legislature is very much reactive. Some problem props up, the legislature looks at it, they try to come up with a solution, they try to solve it. And that tends to happen over and over and over again with a lot of problems, and everybody's just exhausted trying to fix the problems. But what this does is it says we need to take a little bit of a breath and we need to look at things in the long term. We need to be a little more proactive than reactive. And it allows us to just get a sense for what we see coming down the road so that we can get out ahead of those problems before they get to be something that needs a reactive solution. Mm-hmm. So we take time to do this every two years to really take a step back away from the nitty gritty and the issues of the day. Can you talk a little bit about how this might differ from a regular interim meeting as far as the content that we're going to discuss, as well as the advantages of doing this collectively as a body? So in an interim meeting, it is very structured and there is a flow to the presentation. There are questions and in interim, there's usually either a report on a study item or it is an actual bill that's being considered. And it is specific and a little more nitty-gritty. This is, think of it more of like a 30,000-foot view of larger issues in the state. And we receive input from experts. And rather than have it be where the legislature is questioning the expert in like a formal committee setting, it's a little looser. And so everybody can participate. And the reason why legislature is built the way that it is, is you're trying to get geographic diversity and professional diversity across the board. And when you start considering these bigger issues and it's a little looser format, it allows us to get a better picture of where things are going and what's going to be coming at us. Mm. And when we say bigger issues, specifically, we're, we're meaning like multi-decade long issues. You know, it's really a chance for us to take a step back and look at what the needs of the state are, not over the course of the next year, but over the next 30 years. Correct. So things that we looked at were housing issues, water issues, AI, and those demographic trends that we see coming down the pike. So we're looking at our growth rate. We're looking at where we're growing, how we're growing, what segments of our population are growing, what segments of our population are remaining static or even decreasing. Do we need to put more attention into rural? Do we need to put more attention into infrastructure in key areas? What segments of our economy do we anticipate are going to be growing? And so all of that helps us to frame all of the rest of our responses in our legislative duties into that bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about some of those trends that the legislature discussed and were educated on by some of these experts. You mentioned some of our demographic changes as well as our changes in our economy. Can you dive a little deeper into what the legislature learned? Sure. So one of the most interesting things that we see coming down the pike is our population will get older. So we have been growing at 
a crazy rate for our K through 12 age group for the last forever, it feels like. And last year we had about 716,000 K through 12 eligible students. That will be the highest point until 2042. So essentially for the next 20 years, our K through 12 school age children will either decrease or will just remain static. At the same time, our population as a whole will grow from about 3.25 million to 5.25 million. That's a major shift in how we fund schools, what's going to happen with schools. So for example, if you're in the Salt Lake County area, if you're in the Southwest area around Harriman, you're probably going to be building schools. If you're in central Salt Lake County, you're probably going to be closing schools. And that demographic shift is going to be a big deal. We'll look more like the rest of the nation in terms of our demographics, whereas right now we're incredibly young. Mm -hmm. So you talked about how this might have some ramifications for the broader economy, that we're probably going to see the healthcare sector expand over the next several decades as we continue to get an older population. What else might that changing demographic profile do for the state of Utah, for our general economy or for our state as a whole? Well, for example, right now we have very few taxpayers compared to the number of children in school. For us, that's difficult to manage as a state Mm -hmm. because per taxpayer, we have a lot of pupils. But as that population shifts, we're going to have more taxpayers per pupil. So we will naturally see our education funding increase on a per child basis. But then we're also going to see a greater need for health care on the older populations as they age out of the workforce. Additionally, we fund most of state government with income tax. So depending on the percentage of the workforce that remains in the income tax earners, you know, we're going to do better as far as our revenues until they phase out into retirement. We're going to have to pay close attention to that revenue coming from the income tax and seeing how much of that population actually retires or continues to work later in life. That's going to be a tricky thing to balance. There's a lot to think about, and it's helpful to take that step back and look at what the demographic trends are doing so that we can be competitive and so that we can have a tax rate that enables the most number of Utahns to succeed within our system. Mm -hmm. So apart from just an aging population, you know, we talked about down there in the conference, our water and our infrastructure, particularly our housing and what that means for the citizens of our state. What steps can the legislature take to really start to address some of these issues as well over the next 30 years? So a lot of it is aligning the market with the need. For example, in water, it's a public good and it's different than property rights. You have a right to water as opposed to owning water. And that's a very different mindset. And so aligning the cost structure of water with the usage of water is one of the hardest things to do. And that became one of the things that was more apparent out of this conference than anything else as it relates to water. You know, we need to allocate the true cost of water across those who are using it. Now, how do you do that while still maintaining a robust rural Utah? That's another thing to balance that we have to take into account. And that's a difficult thing. And I don't know that we came out with, here's the solution. But I think we came out with a lot of people understanding the issue and having it framed in a way that we can start to tackle it. Mm -hmm. Now, moving on to housing, the difficult thing is we know that we don't have enough housing right now, but interest rates are high. That's keeping the market down. And we're looking at how do we increase the market without creating a subsidy-based housing solution? Because those subsidy-based housing solutions have been tried in other areas And they don't work very well, or at least they don't work in the way that we would like them to work here. 
And so it comes down to the core economics idea of supply and demand. So how do you increase the supply to meet the demand for housing? And, you know, some of the things that we talked about were dealing with expediting the licensing for employees that are building homes. We talked about dealing with the inspections and how do we fast track and maintain the safety and health for housing. And in addition to that, anytime you talk about housing, you're also talking about energy usage. And so all of that comes together to where if you don't have cheap energy, you're not going to have cheap housing and you're not going to be able to build homes that people can afford and you're not going to be able to provide the supply of homes that you need. So all of these things build together. And what we're trying to do is create a market where the demand can be met. And that is a very monumental task that is going to occupy the legislature for years to come. Now, we talk about how a lot of these different factors are going to impact the management of the state and how we as legislators continue to appropriate funds or how state agencies need to reshift some of their focus. How are some of these trends really going to impact everyday Utahns? What is the change in their lives going to be over the next 20 to 30 years? So what you'll probably see is your water bill will likely be more tied to your usage of water. As time goes on, that probably needs to happen more and more so that you're not getting a free ride or you're not paying for someone else's free ride. We want you to pay for your water. As it relates to energy, hopefully not a lot will change. We have fairly cheap, inexpensive energy in Utah, and that's because people have spent decades planning and and doing the right things for energy, but we have pressures on us to get away from that. We need to fight back against that. Additionally, on the housing front, we need to increase the efficiencies for providing new homes, whether that's along the lines of manufactured homes and the licensing related to that, the speed at which homes can be built. Do they always need to be custom built on the lot or can we factory build and deliver to the lot? You know, those are all solutions that are out there. We'll see where the market takes us as we provide the licensing and the regulatory environment that allows those to happen because right now it's a little bit tricky to do some of that in our regulatory environment. Now, Representative, we mentioned how this is a fairly unique thing that the legislature undertakes here. Are you aware of any other state in the union that really goes through such a robust planning process like the Utah State Legislature does as they think forward with the different issues coming at us? I'm not aware of any that do that. I hope that some of them do, but I'm not aware of any. And I'll tell you, the staff that put this together, they were incredible. And they were so good at providing the experts to talk to us about these issues and the correct setting to allow us to go through all of this. We've talked about water and housing, but also artificial intelligence. We talked a lot about that, uh, you know, and finding the right experts and a good panel of people to talk to us about artificial intelligence so that we get some idea of how to put our arms around this new issue you know, that's a monumental task and our staff was amazing at it. If any other state is doing it, they're not doing it as well because they don't have the staff that we have. Mm-hmm. Now, Representative, as part of these future planning processes, we don't just like to keep ourselves focused on some of the demographic changes, but also what are some of the different technological changes that are coming at us? One of those things that we see right now on the horizon is this rise in artificial intelligence. What did the legislature discuss about AI and its future here in the state? We talked a lot about if we're going to have AI what kind of regulation is needed and what would we want? Because there are some real risks with AI, but we also don't want to lose the opportunities that are present with AI. 
One of the things that Utah has been very good about is when we see an emerging economy, we try to build a framework that allows for opportunity for that economy. So rather than trying to restrict it, we try to build the opportunity framework. We talked a lot about what kind of environment would allow an AI opportunity to thrive in Utah, while at the same time, what kind of environment would allow an AI threat to be restricted? For example, if we're dealing with deep fake AI, what kind of regulations do we need on that? What kind of criminal laws? And I anticipate that there will be a good amount in the next legislative session Mm -hmm. in response to that. But when we're talking about business AI, where we're increasing efficiency, we want efficiency and productivity within our state. We want our beehive to run well. Mm -hmm. And so as we look at AI, we're saying, what can we do to make it so that we are the most attractive place for an AI technology to come and develop their business model and have their employees here so that we become the experts of AI in Utah, as opposed to at the back of that bus, we want to be the first one. For those who weren't able to participate in this conference, what would you like to communicate to them? Yeah, I think when people elect a representative, they want someone who is thinking about the problems and not just the current ones, but the future problems and minimizing those problems so that they don't hit hard into the lives of citizens. And that's really the hope. We want to preserve the amazing things that we have in the state. The legislature doesn't make the state great. It's the citizens. It's the way that the citizens act. And more than anything, we want to stay out of their way and we want to keep future problems out of their way. And so a lot of what we try to do as a legislature is just facilitate the opportunities that are there for our citizens. And we do that by trying to look ahead, by trying to get ahead of those problems that are coming. Well, Representative, we appreciate the work that you and the other legislators have done on this issue in particular. And we know that that mentality is what has made Utah great in the past. And we look forward to the continued effort that we make on this to ensure that Utah remains a great place to live. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.